for me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt, or they have something going on, and they're trying to figure out, how do I deal with this? And I always know Jesus has the answer. He has that next step for you. Let's open up the Word today and see what God will say specifically to you. Have you ever looked at Jesus and just said no? Pastor Doyle, this is your next step. We're glad to be with everybody. But we've been talking about dangerous prayers. Today, you're leading us into a prayer that Jesus has told us to pray. And I imagine a lot of people hear it and they say no. Yeah, the people. We there, there's some of these uh, prayers that we've been talking about that we don't want to pray them because we kind of know the answer already. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, it's like you you don't ask your parents certain questions when you're growing up because you know they're going to make you do your homework instead of go out and play. Well, this is one of them. Jesus says you got to pray for your enemies. Yeah. You got to pray for those people that persecute you. You got to pray for those people that you don't like, the people that have harmed you, and you have to forgive them. And um, the last prayer we're going to talk about today is a change of heart. And I think that's what we need right now. Oh, we yeah. we need a change of heart as we go into the new year. And um, man, I, I think it'll change your life. Well, we come out of Christmas, and Christmas is light shining in the darkness. You know, I mean, that's yeah. what Jesus is called. That's why we hang lights on our house. There's light in the darkness, truth in the cold season. Um, this is part of that, you know, to say, change my heart. I am responding to the light. So yeah. we've got great content today. We do have a free resource, though, that we want everybody to know about. We're going to yep. tell you a little about that a little bit later yep. uh, in the show, give you the details. But for right now, let's get back to Pray First, Dangerous Prayers. I have a friend that um, years ago, he got into an affair with a coworker, And he said, I can tell you when it started. I said, tell me. He said, she laughed at one of my jokes at work one day. And he said, as I heard her laugh, I thought, wow, she laughs at my jokes. I don't think my wife laughs at my jokes anymore. And he said, that was the beginning of the end of my marriage. You say, well, what does that have to do with spiritual things? Well, this is what happens. When you and I begin to believe ungodly thoughts, can I say something about sin? Every, every one of us that entertains sin, we do not imagine that it would have a permanent effect on our life. We always think sin is temporary. But if you entertain sin, if you, if you allow it to have its, have its way, it's going to hang around. And this is what I've seen in my life. An ungodly approach, an unholy or a sinful approach to life is like cracking the door of your home. Open it up. You let it in. Now, you may, you may later say, now get out. You know, I, no, I, that's not good. And you try to shut. But what happens is every time you open that door for a sin, you're letting that in. And you're letting a spiritual force behind that sin come in. This is why you and I welcome the Holy Spirit of God into our life, into our home. Okay? And what I've seen in people's life is this. Something that became a, a sin for a little while welcomed them to a spirit. 
And other people, they, they got into such a habit. It just, they just took the door off the hinges and threw it to the side. And that sin can come and go anytime. And when we talk about deliverance, people will always say, well, do you believe, believe that it's a, a, it's a spirit that, that is oppressing you or it's, it's just coming or it's, it's full on possession? I'm telling you, it's like the door. It depends. If you allow an ungodly spiritual force to run your life, it will stay as long as you let it. And deliverance is a de- declaration that you're no longer going to let it have its way in your life. Let me, let me give you some other examples. When, when, when you begin to think, well, I want to know the direction for my life, and you go to a source other than the Holy Spirit, and you're like, I need to know direction. And so you get out your horoscope. You go to a palm reader. You, you, start, you start doing 1-800 numbers to talk to psychics. You're asking a spirit other than the Holy Spirit for direction in your life. When you start looking at the stars, when you start, no, 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 no. You're looking to a spirit other than the Holy Spirit. That's dangerous. You're not just cracking the door, you're opening the door. And so now an unholy spirit is directing your life. That's dangerous. When people believe that they can play with spirits, it's not good, okay? Don't do Ouija boards. Don't do table tipping. I could go on and on. Anything to do with the occult is opens you up to, well, pastor, I did that years ago. Good. You go back and you clean up the mess and you kick it out. You say, God, forgive me. I should have never done that. I break any curse that that would bring on my life. I break the hold of my life through the power of the blood of Jesus. God, forgive me. That was wrong. That was a sin. I declare that Jesus and your Holy Spirit is the only thing directing my life. You say, Pastor, uh, help me with this. Okay, look to Jesus. Open your Bibles. Open your notes right here. Matthew 8, 28 and 29. And when he, Jesus, came to the other side of the country of the Gadarenes, two demon-possessed men confronted him as they were coming out of the tombs. They were so extremely violent that no one could pass by that way. And they cried out, saying, "What, what business do you have with us, Son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? There's, there's several things in this passage, and I, I don't have time to fully unpack it. I would like to. Number one, notice that the demons recognize God and Jesus. Number two, recognize they realize that Jesus had authority over their life. And recognize they expect God to torment them one day. Hmm. Why? Because right now they're tormenting his beloved you. And and, and they know that they're destined to deal for the hell that they've dealt out. So if they believe in that, why wouldn't you believe that spiritual forces can impact your life? And it's time for you to tell them, get out. I will not allow you to any longer harass me. I may have let you in, but you no longer have rent in my life. And you can do that by, by any sin that you've welcomed them in or any participation in the occult, okay? And how do you get rid of them? Through the power of the name of Jesus. See, it's through the blood and the power of Jesus that you overcome Satan. You don't have to be afraid of spiritual forces. Listen, Hollywood believes in spiritual forces. All the streaming networks out there, all the movie companies out there, they keep trying to introduce you to ghosts, 
to demons, to, to, to evil, to, to hate. Notice, notice that the spirits caused violence. Hmm. If there's violence along, it may not be the Holy Spirit bringing it about. Why is the, why is the world worried about the church? We are not harming people. It's the evil spirits in this world. It's the, the spirit of this age. And if you and I will begin to pray, the spirits will be cast out. In, in Acts chapter 19, a group, seven sons of Sceva, they began to realize that there were spiritual forces and that people needed deliverance. They went out to pray for somebody and they recognized that the name of Jesus was powerful enough to deliver people. They start praying for this person and then they get jumped on and, and, and the spirits say, Jesus we know and Paul we know, but who are you? What does that tell you? That tells you that these guys were not committed to Jesus, that these guys did not understand through the, the, what power they were using to deal with the spiritual forces. And see, you and I shouldn't take it lightly. This is what it means. It means that you and I, we should understand that we don't have to be afraid of spirits if we are completely sold out to Jesus. If we believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died on a cross, he was buried in a tomb for three days, and he rose again, and that he did that so that you and I could have a relationship with God, the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you and dwells in me, and we don't have to be afraid of spiritual forces. Okay? Praise God, that's worthy of a hand clap. I agree. All right? In, in chapter 16 of Acts, it tells us Paul's going along, they're preaching, and in, in, the, in the gathering of people, there's this young woman who's been involved in uh, divination and, and giving people direction for their lives. Her, she, was, she was a slave. We won't even go there. So she was held by these people and then they used her and she would seek the spirits other than the Holy Spirit to give people insight for direction. But she's in, in, in the crowd as Paul is preaching and she says, this is, this is the spirit of the living God. And, and she keeps harassing him. She's causing an interruption in the church service. And finally, Paul can take it no more. And he says, come out in the name of Jesus. And she is delivered. Now, the people that own her and the people in the community get mad because they liked going to her for advice and insight. This is interesting, isn't it? It teaches us the power over the spirits, but the world in which you live likes the spirits. The world in which you live, the community in which you live, they like the demonic forces. They worship the demonic forces. They want to hang on to the demonic forces. See, if you and I believe in deliverance, we begin to believe, you know what? I don't want any part of the violence, the evil, the, the, the ungodliness of this world. And you've got to take it and deal with it. All right? So, no, no, remember this, first dangerous prayer is the prayer of direction. The second prayer is the prayer of deliverance. The third one is the prayer for enemies. Wow. Well, what, do you, what do you mean by this? Well, this is what I mean. If I have to pray for my enemies, that could mean possibly that I was wrong. That I might have, might, I might have had a part in it. No, no. You probably did have a part in it, but you need to get to that, okay? That's why when you and I pray for forgiveness, it's so important. Because, because when, we, when we pray for forgiveness, 
We're recognizing we did have a part in it, but we need God's part in it. That's why Pastor Doug is teaching a class on Tuesday nights about that. You can go and deal with that. Listen, the reason we pray for our enemies is they need the same grace, the same love, and the power of God in their life as you and I do because they're human beings. They need grace. But pastor, when I, when I read the Psalms, David is really hard on his enemies. That's right. He says, God, you take care of my enemies. He doesn't say, God, let me do it. See, you and I put, put our enemies in God's hands. Listen to what Jesus said here, Matthew 5, 43, 44, and 45. You have heard that it is said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may prove yourself to be sons of your father who is in heaven, for he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. See, God loves all of humanity. Every human being is loved by God and valuable to God. And that's why you pray for your enemies. You let God discern and judge their life. But you begin to pray for them. We have more resources for you at DoyleJackson.com. We will be right back with more Your Next Step. So, Pastor Doyle, this month we have put together a resource that we believe will bring people closer to God. We want as many people as possible to have it. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Well, I think when we're trying to grow in our faith, there's several things that we need to learn about our relationship with God. And so in any relationship, it's a conversation, Mm -hmm. but we don't know how to have that conversation with God. That's what prayer is. It's just talking to God. And so this free resource, it's called the ACTS method, all right? It's to help you get going in your prayer life. We Sometimes we need to go and we're asking God for stuff, and then other times we just need to be in His presence and talk to Him about how He is the great God. He's a wonderful God. We need to adore Him. It's all in this prayer method, and we want to help you do that to get in the habit of praying and seeking the Lord. That's what it's about. Yeah, we've learned how to make conversation with each other. We may not realize that we've learned it, but we have. We need to learn how to make conversation with God as well. This Acts method, I picked it up early in Bible college, have used it for years and years. It really is a great way to enter into that kind of conversational prayer. Yeah, it'll encourage you because you'll begin to feel like, okay, am I covering all the bases? And we've got all four bases, and uh, you're going to get to home plate in your relationship with God. So go get the Pray First Acts Method uh, today. Yeah, we really want you to have it. It is at DoyleJackson.com. Give us your email. You will get access to the PDF. For the Pray First Acts Method free resource, go to DoyleJackson.com. Let's continue with your next step. I was in, I was in Exodus. I'm in Exodus. And I, I'm, I'm trying to get ahead of you in this Bible thing, all right? And, 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 I, and I'm, I'm reading in Exodus. I'm studying it. And it says, it's a law. It says, if you find your enemy's ox, if you find your enemy's ox, good day. Load them in your trailer and take it home to your house, right? No. You, you make sure that, you, that their ox stays healthy and you get it back to them. Why? It's their, it's their living. It's, it's part of what they have. They need that. And God wanted his people. Now think about this. I'm reading this and I'm studying this. It's like, 
You mean among the, the people of Israel, at times they would not get along with one another? Exactly. Hmm. So you mean I might have to go to a church and there might be people at church I don't get along with? Now you're starting to get the point. Well, I thought I could just, I thought I could just walk away and ghost them all. I thought I could cancel anybody that didn't agree with me. No. You're supposed to love your enemies and pray for your enemies. We, we've got people in the church that don't know what it means to be the church. They're unsure as to whether or not the Bible is the word of God. They're unsure if they should pray for their enemies. No, no, no. You are to pray for your enemies. But what if it's my spouse? Huh. Even more so. And you need to abandon the notion that your spouse is your enemy. Your parents aren't your enemy either. Your pastor's not your enemy. All right? You pray for your enemies. You begin to say, God, love them the way you loved me and brought me from, from darkness to light, and you change their character, change who they are, okay? All right, we've, <clears throat> we've done uh, the... the Prayer for direction, prayer for deliverance, prayer for our enemies. The last one is the prayer for a heart change. Now, this one is hard because it actually means, well, I don't want to pray for a change of heart because if I pray that, it would imply that I'm going in the wrong direction. Not necessarily, but if, not, if you're not praying for a heart change, if you're not inviting God to direct your heart, then you're leaving out the possibility that you could be going in the wrong direction and that you need his help. See, you and I, we pray for a heart change because we can drift without knowing it. We can, we can go through spiritual slide. I mean, let, let, me, let, me, let me give you an example from the Bible. David was a man after God's own heart. That's why he became the king. And, and, and one day he's standing on his roof. He's looking out over the kingdom and he sees that his kingdom is beautiful. He takes notice of one woman and he determines that she's especially beautiful. And then he begins to entertain the thought. The next thing you know, he gets into an inappropriate sexual relationship with a married woman. He's a married man. And he's rearranging his, his, his soldiers so that her husband gets killed in battle. Folks, that's a drift in spiritual insight. You see, you and I, we've watched as, as the church has, has, has drifted spiritually. And, and the church, in general, I'm not talking about you in particular, but the church has accepted that it's more important for me to be liked by the world than it is for me to stand up for God's values. We've been intimidated. And you and I, we should not want the world. And that's why we need a change in heart. When David finally, it all falls apart, he, he then prays this, but listen to his prayer. It's Psalm 51, 10 and 11. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. So what, what David recognizes is the only way, the only way he, can, he can stay on the right path is if God's Spirit has availability to his body, his mind, his, his, his emotions, and the way he lives his life. And he says, God, I welcome your Holy Spirit every, way, every day to direct me and to create a pure heart within me. I'm telling you, if you want God to change your heart, try fasting. 
I'll bet you're not as tough as you thought you were. Pride is your greatest enemy. Pride is your greatest enemy. Don't let him run your life. This is why these are dangerous prayers, okay? Real quickly, the, the plane is coming in hard and fast. We may not even have the landing gear on, okay? In, in, in John chapter 6, open it up, turn there. Jesus is teaching. Because see, this is the real question. What are you afraid of? I wrote this down because this is the proper English. What fearest thou? No one talks like that. What are you afraid of? That's, what, that's the core of these dangerous prayers. You're afraid that if God has his way, that it might not go the way you want it to. And let me tell you something. If God has its way, it's actually going to be the best way for your life and for your future. Just believe me on that. God has your best interest at heart. He designed you for it. In John chapter 6, Jesus is teaching. The, the, par- the passage before this, Jesus feeds the 5,000. Then he walks on the water. He comes over on the other side and he begins to teach the people. And they're like, how did you get here? They're trying to figure this all out. And, and Jesus makes this remarkable statement in verse 35. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry again. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. These are almost identical words that he gives the woman at the well in chapter four. He says, lady, if you would just ask me, I will give you water and you'll never thirst again. What what Jesus is saying is this, if you will quit trying to solve your problems through your own direction in life and you let me be the Lord of your life and sit on the throne of your life and direct your life, everything will will rise and get better. And and, and this woman is like, this is wild. And she abandons her life and follows Jesus. Well, here Jesus is saying it again to another group of people. He says, I'm the bread of life. He's not talking about feeding your flesh. He's talking about spiritually. And then he goes on and he says, if you'll eat of of my flesh and my blood, and people are like, ooh, kind of creepy. No, no, no. He's saying, I want you to eat of a new way of living. I want you to eat in the kingdom of God. Last weekend, we had communion. And I told you, the reason communion is important, it's a declaration that, that I die and Christ Jesus lives in me. This is what Jesus is saying to them. In verse 60, on hearing it, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? He's not saying it's difficult to understand. See, these prayers aren't difficult to understand. They're hard to live out. See, being a disciple of Jesus, not easy. His will is more important than my will. His direction is more important than my direction. His deliverance is more than my status quo. His dealing with my enemies is better than my revenge. His change of my heart will give me a pure, beautiful heart that, 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 that will live for his purposes, see? From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. You do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the 12. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. See, it's not that these are hard to understand prayers. It's not that these are hard to to pray. It's that it's hard to accept 
that what I'm doing is probably not what's best for me, but what God wants to do in and through me is what's best for me, and I've really liked all the control I've had for so long. That's why this is difficult. I hear you, but they're not dangerous. And a church that believes to pray is dangerous, oh my, they've gone really far from God. You see, that's why you and I, we want to embrace this and hold it tight. So today I'm going to give you a prayer. I want to read it to you. This prayer is a prayer that my mom wrote. My mom wrote this prayer out after listening to a cassette tape. It was a long time ago. And, and she listened to a cassette tape on the blood of Jesus, on the power of Jesus, death, burial, and resurrection, and how it can transform your life if you'll accept him as your Messiah, your Lord, and your Savior, that it will impact every area of your life. And she, she wanted to write it down, and so she wrote down the things she learned from, from Derek's lesson, and she turned it into a prayer. Later, she gave it to Derek, and Derek has shared it with the world, all right? We call it the overcomer's prayer, all right? But here's the prayer. Listen to me. I want to read it to you. It says, my body is a temple for the Holy Spirit, redeemed, cleansed, and sanctified by the blood of Jesus. My members, the parts of my body, are instruments of righteousness, presented to God for his service and for his glory. The devil has no place in me, no power over me, no unsettled claims against me. All has been settled by the blood of Jesus. I overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of my testimony. I do not love my life to the death. My body is for the Lord, and the Lord is for my body. You've been listening to Pray First, Dangerous Prayers. Dangerous prayers. Uh, It really is something, Pastor Doyle. Yeah, I believe that uh, prayer will change your life, and that's dangerous because most of us don't want changes uh, in that way. But once you get the courage up to begin to pray those, they'll change your life. And so now I'm a dangerous prayer person. Yes, I'm a dangerous prayer person too. But think about that. We are working with God when we pray. I really yeah. believe that's what happens is that we he's delegated some authority, some uh, some power to us and we are exercising and saying we're going to change things around us and that does get dangerous but it's awful good as well. Well, when the kingdom comes in, it pushes back darkness and it it opens new way for other people to get freedom and sometimes the enemy doesn't like it. That's partially why it's dangerous. I mean, think how many times they prayed in the New Testament, and they went into a new place, and then suddenly they're being kicked out of town. You know, when you and I say yes to God, it will sometimes increase the persecution in our life. It'll increase some of these things. So we don't want to be afraid. That's why we're going to talk about it in this series. So come back tomorrow uh, and be a part of this lesson as we continue to talk about Pray First. And if you don't want to wait until tomorrow, we do have a catalog of shows, podcasts, episodes that we have done together. You can go to Doyle Jack com, and you can find a list of those or you can just go to your podcast provider wherever you like to get your shows search Doyle Jackson we will pop up and you'll be able to listen to more your next step with Doyle Jackson is a ministry of the church next door in Columbus Ohio your prayers for us are always valued but to help keep us on the air visit DoyleJackson.com and click give that's DoyleJackson.com You can also send a check to the church next door. Our address is 5755 Fetter Road, Columbus, Ohio, 43228. Again, that's 5755 F-E-D-E-R Road, Columbus, Ohio, 43228. Please put radio in the memo line. Lastly, if you need prayer or have questions, text us 
at 888-644-4034. That's 888-644-4034. I'm Pastor Doug, and Pastor Doyle and I would love to see you next time for your next step.